One of the biggest things that I think turns around is helping our clients understand the ascension from do-it-yourself business owner to CEO to entrepreneur, right? And there's those three different designations. Entrepreneurs hire CEOs. But first, it's hard to go from here to here because you gotta you gotta detach yourself from the doing in the business, right? So when you talk about a mature business, I classify mature businesses a business that runs with multiple operators, meaning if the person that started the business is not there on a day-to-day basis, the business is still running. Mark Murphy went to Europe for a month. We've got people here. The, the doors are open, the lights are on, and we're serving clients. And so that becomes a mature business. And then it's that elevation to the next step, which is being that visionary, being that entrepreneur, and trusting that you have a team of amazing doers that the world is not on your shoulders, right? And I think in our world, conveying that to clients and helping them see that and then how to execute to go do that has been a great game changer for a lot of our smaller, closely held business owners. Welcome. You are listening to the Hero of the Hour podcast, the show dedicated to empowering you to take financial freedom into your own hands. Through expert interviews with decades of experience, this show will give you not only the tactical strategies of what's working in business, but the appropriate mindsets to master your financial future and build generational wealth. Heroes and entrepreneurs operate with a similar anything is possible mentality. And that is exactly what our show is about. Your host is none other than Mark B. Murphy, CEO of Northeast Private Client Group and best-selling author of three books, all dedicated to helping others plan for generational wealth. He and his team are on a mission to share their knowledge and techniques so that others can enjoy a life of financial security and freedom. Get ready to be inspired to create the life of your dreams. Let's go. In today's episode of the Hero of the Hour podcast, Mark chats with his partners at Northeast Private Client Group, Adam Schlossberg, President, and Benjamin Bush, Managing Partner. Adam and Ben are also key business strategists, critical thinkers, and financial advisors. Get ready to learn about the biggest difference between being a business owner and being an entrepreneur and the importance of celebrating all your wins as your business grows. Thank you so much for joining and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Mark B. Murphy, founder and CEO of Northeast Private Client Group and the author of the book, The Ultimate Investment. It's my third book uh, about owning your own business and Owning a business is the last great tax shelter. But I'm very happy to have my two very, very special guests here today, my partners, Adam Schlossberg and, and Ben Bush. Hey, Mark. Thanks for having us. Thanks for coming. As we name, as we name the, uh, the podcast, the Heroes Podcast, I think it should start with a question of how do you define a hero? Or what's a hero to you? Ben, you can go. So, so uh, in my mind, a hero is somebody who has done extraordinary achievement, something not just notable, but you know, excellent, and often so in the service of others. So when I think of a hero, a couple of different people come to mind, and, and depending on sort of the framework, like in my family, I always talk about my grandfather being a hero, uh, really his that whole generation. Um, he was a naval aviator in World War II. He flew off of aircraft carriers in the Japanese uh, theater or in the uh, Pacific theater. But just his entire life and what what that generation did, uh, I think is phenomenal. When I shift it 
to you know more personal. I always talk about uh, the entire team of people at Columbia Presbyterian that saved my daughter's life when she was born. Just exceptional work, and, and to them, it's like their work. Uh, but to me, they were they were very clearly heroes. They were exceptional at what they did, and it seemed that they went over and above. And then in my work life, I think there's several people, um, and I speak to it a lot. I think uh, I have a number of heroes who I feel constantly poured more into my career than I thought I deserved. Early on, it's a guy named Nat Perlmutter, uh, who you know. Then it was you, Mark, and a guy named Bernie Stoltz, who was very close with us. Uh, another guy named Sam Beller, who I've spent 12 years with, really taught me a, a, a great deal. And again, seemed like they were given without any expectation of return. Hopefully, I've been able to return and pay that back. But most importantly, I'm going to try and pay it forward because it, it really changed the trajectory of my career immensely. For for me, I think a hero is someone that shows up and prevails over difficulties, however you may define that in any circumstance that I think most people wouldn't and, and show up when when they could easily go home, right? It's and to me it's, you know, whether lackluster or as uh you know, probably something that most people pick, but you know, my, my father is probably my my hero uh easily, you know. On business side of things, he's taught me a ton about the business. He helped build a, a large law firm, but you know, did it in the right way. And, and as Mark and Ben know, you know, it's hard to hear anyone say a bad word about him. It's probably too kind. But just seeing how he did it and kind of learning so much about how to think about things, seeing how he shows up now, you know, 70 years old and still you know, enjoys going to work six days a week. Uh, but then also for me was, you know, he was sick. And was it 10, 12 years ago now, and very much on his deathbed and, you know, seeing him fight through and, you know, get back to working and putting more time in than anything and, and focusing on that and then dedicating himself uh, to helping others, you know, when going through that situation, you know, seeing that perseverance has, you know, been a huge impact and a huge, uh, you know, way of how I, you know, go about my life and dealing with clients as well. You know, Ben, when I met you, I think you were first met you. You were like in your late twenties, maybe turning thirty. And when I met you, you were a you were a junior or a sophomore, junior in college. I've seen you guys go from that to being great leaders. Tell me about leadership. What does what does leadership mean to you? You want to go? Yeah, sure. You know, leadership to me is someone that can get people to follow and to want to be greater than what they are now without having to, you know, do something specific, right? Not to you know, yell at them or, or, you know, berate them until they get to that place. It's, I think, great leader has people follow them without doing anything specific, right? They're just, they're just that person. They're someone that they want, people want to follow their work ethic. They see how hard they work. They see you know, what they put into stuff. They see how others react to them. And, you know, to me, you know, Mark, you've been an unbelievable leader to follow without question. I, I think the one thing for for so many, because, you know, I came into this business, you know, working behind you and following you uh, from day one. And the one thing I don't think anyone's ever been able to say is, you know, there's no one that works harder than Mark, right? There's, you know, as if anyone ever in the office was like, oh, we have so much going on, no one can ever say Mark's, you know, taking a vacation and playing too much golf. You're working so hard and just seeing that work ethic has, you know, had a great impact on 
on uh, on me, but I think it goes to what I'm saying is that's who you are, right? I mean, you're someone who has a great work ethic and everyone sees it. Everyone wants to follow that because, you know, not because you say, hey, everyone, you have to work harder, but they see what it means to you and how hard you work. And that really rubs off on people. I just think, I think with, I think that you, you want to lead always by example. You want to, I think one of the things, one of the many things we have in common is the three of us would not ask anybody else to do anything that we wouldn't do ourselves or have not done ourselves. And I think there's some validity. Yeah, I think I think you get some some points with your people when you're when you're in the trenches with them, willing to roll up your sleeves and work as harder or harder than them and lead the way. I think what, really what you're saying is you're saying this is the direction we're going, and come on board, come on. This is a great place to be. Yeah, I think that it's it's sort of like uh, well, I got a great story about that too when you mention it. But it's it's like setting the vision and then setting the example, living that example, and then you will naturally attract people to be along with that ride, as long as they believe in the vision that you're putting out there, right? As long as you get buy-in on, I believe in where we're going, and then you show up and go to work every day, I think not only will people want to be along on that journey with you, if you do it well enough, you will inspire another generation of leaders, right? Which is always the goal that we talk about here. It's a funny story when you mentioned that, Adam, about nobody about working. And this is this is an app promoter conversation. But years ago, probably it was a decade ago, and Mark, you were there. We went to a holiday party. Bernie was in town and we went to Budokan. Had a huge table at Budokan. And we were out pretty late. And I don't know if we were overserved or served appropriately, but I know I went home uh, tired and happy. But I was going back with Nat. We were in the car. And at this point, I lived directly across the street in New York City from our office. Like I could roll out of bed and be at the office within five minutes. And I said to Nat, I'm definitely going to be at the office before you tomorrow because frankly, it had never happened. Like being across the street. And that's like, no, you're not. And I'm like, all right, bet. So I forced myself to get out of bed at like 6.30 in the morning. you know. And again, we were out pretty late. And I drag across the street and I get up there. And sure enough, there's Nat in his office, lights on, full suit, ready to go. Like nothing ever happened. Right. And I was like, all right, that's the guy. There's the ethic. It's pretty awesome. You know, the other thing that's that's the journey that we also another thing we all share together with the journey is like you go from like taking a job to becoming a business owner. And then most people just stay at business owner, they never morph into the great entrepreneur. What's your journey been like? Yeah, I can tell mine. It was, you know, I was I was in in Gainesville, Florida after I finished school. And like many college kids, a little bit unsure. I mean, I had a career path going into college that I really was passionate about and and was inquiring about. And that was sort of working with marine mammals, like being a trainer at SeaWorld, which fortunately did not come to fortune because they don't really exist much anymore. And one of my good friends recruited me to uh, sort of his family's firm in South Florida, where I got the introduction of a couple of things. One was nobody managing my own schedule, right? It's show up and do the work. And if you don't want to, that's fine because we're not going to pay anything unless if you show up. But two, it gave me the the education of going and sitting at somebody's kitchen table and talking to them and learning about them and connecting with them. And this was different than our our business now. That was a business that was more benefits related much more about like health insurance and some ancillary benefits. But at the age of 23, 24, you know, it was smile and dial, set appointments, show up, and you're rewarded for your effort, right? It was show up every day. And if you didn't want to show up, that's okay, but there's going to be no reward, right? And you're on your own and you're living there. And so that's where I really got to learn about 
really who I was, right? Like how I was going to show up. Because part of the reason I took that job, quite frankly, was I didn't want somebody managing my schedule, right? I wanted to be able to to run my own hours and and work hard if I wanted to. But we were a group of young guys in South Florida in our 20s. The entire team was. So we were at the beach Friday afternoon, right? That was one of the joys and the pleasures we had. We work our butt off Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Friday, we were done at noon. And that was a huge payoff. When I moved to New York, having had that sort of instilled and then starting from scratch. And mind you, this is 2008, right? So I moved from Florida to New York in 2008. Had never lived in New York, had no network, uh, zero clients. So starting back over at zero, I already had gone down that road once. So I had some confidence that I was going to be able to do it, but really had that rugged individual approach for years, right? Where I did start to see a little bit of success or traction, I would say, and started making money. But then it took me way too long to transition from sort of, yes, I have a business and running a business to how do I scale this and actually just start to do what I do best? Uh, because I was too nervous. I was scared as many business owners are about that next hire about, can I afford to put somebody on my payroll? And, uh, you know, I always tell the story is, is, is right after my daughter was born three months later, my wife came home from work after like a day going back from maternity leave. And she says, I'm coming to work for you. And I said, I'm not hiring. And she quit her job. And it was probably the best thing that ever happened in my business because it was that instant uh, learning curve of, wow, she's amazing at what she does, which is a lot of stuff that I'm horrible at. And that's really what uh, propelled me to sort of seek uh, seek scale in my business and know what that was and ultimately um, move my family to New Jersey and work with you, Mark, because you'd already done all that legwork. I, I, you know, frankly, I took a shortcut. And Ben, if, if you took a shortcut, definitely <laughs> took a shortcut. Uh, and, you know, I, Mark and I always tell the story of, you know, I was an intern here and I tried to quit three times and now somehow I'm a partner where that'll, that'll it was teach, one of those things, that'll teach, that'll teach you to quit. uh, where ultimately, you know, for me seeing the impact that Mark has on people really is what drove me to continue to grow where I am. And I think. I was so used to seeing a partnership with many people having input on on a business and how to grow it, but really there was you know multiple people and that was that really had like the true full impact. Let's say the rainmaker and the person that works behind them, you know things that the, maybe the rainmaker's not good at or just the day to day mundane stuff. And I always viewed Mark and I as that way is you know from where I grew up on is that you know my dad was the number two, the guy that you know just strategically thought about certain things in peace, you know, okay, this is the outcome that we want to achieve. How do we get there? And the guy in front of him was the guy that, you know, big picture here, here's where we're going. Now we need to get there. And, you know, understanding how that works really well. And then, you know, working with you, Mark has kind of brought that all together for me. And then I, you know, you and I, I always have, we're yin and yang. We work so well off each other because of our our strengths are are the we talk about the same thing, but we're like somewhat opposite in in some personality traits. But like learning how to grow a business and seeing from you, okay, you you have this vision and this picture of things, something that's out there. I'm like, I just don't see it. And then all of a sudden it happens. I've now come to learn to just say yes. And there's there's a there's a method to the madness in some sense. And you know going along that journey has has really helped open my eyes on to what's possible. And, you know, you don't need to take things step by step, but sometimes you got to reach for bigger and better. You know, what, one of the things that I, I see a difference between a business owner and an entrepreneur is business owners say to me, 
say to us, my biggest expense is payroll. And for me, you can never talk about people as an expense. You can talk about people as an investment. And I think one of the things we do is we invest in our people. We invest in each other. We invest in you that the best investments entrepreneurs make is when they invest in themselves. And entrepreneurs think of people as investments. And and business owners think of them as expenses. And I think the hard part also is when you're trying to grow a young family and you want to buy a house and you want to buy a little nicer car and you want to take a little nicer vacation or you want to get your significant other a nice present or something like that is to say is to is to force yourself to reinvest back in your business that you know that, that to understand that that business is your money machine and when you invest in it as long as you're making good investments that will not only massively grow the asset value but grow the amount of money you can take out and so I find that for entrepreneurs, that I find that the second thing I found that was a learning experience early on is because I didn't have any money when I started, so I was always doing it on you know on the come and you know taking every dollar I made and investing everything I could back was that the game changes when you get cash confidence, meaning you're not worried about the, your own personal expenses, and so you don't have to pull out massive salaries or you can make investments back in the business, and when you have the latitude to do that. That's when things can get really exciting and really big. And I think we've all discovered that. That's how we've created our, our, you know, you could talk about real estate and the stock markets and all these other wonderful investments. But the best investments we've made, if you put an ROI in the money we've put back in our business, now there's time involved too, but the time and the money, it is, it, it's almost in, incalculable as a percentage in terms of how much, you know, we've earned by, by doing that. And I think that's the difference between a business owner and an entrepreneur. What, what do you think early in your career, Mark? Because we know a lot, a lot of people, obviously, around the country that are sort of in our business and starting from scratch. You know, you always talk about your your story about them. You know, it was dumb and broke from Suffer New York, and I had two appointments in my calendar. It was a what a haircut in a movie or something like that. But you know, that mentality is it was a pretty unique mentality because so many people in our business and in many businesses are afraid to make investments in their business because they don't see that, right? They don't see them as investments. They look at your P&L and you look at everything that's on there and whatever's in between the top line and the bottom line, we all look at, hey, that's a cost to the business. What do you think inspired you early to see it different? Or was there a trigger point or a mentor or somebody you had? Because you know it took a while for that. Like I said, I was scared. And then the first investment I made was almost forced upon me. And then I found the tremendous value and it was a lot easier after that. And still now, you know, learning learning to trust in investments and how to make them without uh, putting yourself at risk. What, what do you think that switch was for you where so many people don't do it or do it as much or as often? Have you noticed that life is getting more and more expensive? From grocery prices to real estate values, everywhere you turn, prices seem to be skyrocketing. Well, Mark has dedicated decades of his career and life to serving entrepreneurs and professionals to build real wealth, and in most cases, multi-generational wealth. The reality is, we all have to navigate turbulent times in this economy, but the difference will be for those that have a roadmap and a customized plan for building wealth. That's why, as a listener to this podcast, we are so excited to share with you first access to Mark's newest book, The Ultimate Investment, a roadmap to grow your business and build multi-generational wealth. When you access this book, you'll discover how to know when you're working a job instead of a business. That hard work isn't all about hours put in. This will make you more productive. Why you need to live with your back against a wall. How to surround yourself with the right people who support your vision. And so much more. 
Go to www.markbmurphy.com forward slash book to get access now. Once again, go to www.markbmurphy.com forward slash book. And now, back to the show. I don't think there's any people better to advise business owners and entrepreneurs than us because we live their dream. Meaning what, what I learned early on in my career is when you're advising entrepreneurs, you have the be- we have the best research available on the planet. It's called our clients. And you see the challenges that they have and you learn and you learn and you learn and you learn. And then you see ver- the very, very best practices of, of what is out there. And, and again, what the good ones do is they, is they share those best concepts with their, their clients. What I think the great ones do, and I, I'd like to hopefully think we, we would be in that category, or at least aspire to be in that category, we then implement the strategies in our own business. And, and that's that's what we've done. I think we also do the opposite. You know, all of us are consumers of products. So as an example, you know, one of the reasons I am so psychotic about returning emails, texts, and phone calls like right away is because how frustrating is it when you're trying to get a hold of somebody? And it takes them a few days to get back to you. You have to call them two or three times to get back to you. It drives me crazy. So I didn't want to have a business that did that. Or how many people woke up, you know, today and said, yeah, I want to stay on hold for 45 minutes. Or, you know, I mean, that's what I want to do for a living. Or, you know, all the things that we, you know, love about the very best of the best and all the things that we hate about the mediocre or worse. And we want to do the best of the best and get rid of the mediocre stuff and create an experience for our clients. Every day. I mean, I mean, our culture, I mean, I don't know how you describe our culture, but I think we've got a group of people that wake up every day wanting to create a wow experience for our clients. How do you view our culture? I think from someone, you know, I've been here the longest everyone working here, obviously, other than yourself, it has changed tremendously. And I think from when I started to now, there's been a very concerted effort from you and then us on having the right people in the right places in the office. And you have an amazing ability to give someone a chance and everything that they need to succeed, right? And I think people see that in our office. And now, as we've now grown from eight people to 27 people or something along those lines, and we keep going, and it seems like we keep hiring all the time, is that everyone now meshes together, right? Where when you had different personalities that weren't speaking the same language and all over the place, that it was a rougher place to work. But now as we have more people who all speak the same language, who are all rowing the right place and are here to help each other, you know, you see more collaboration in our office, more, hey, you need help with that, I'll help you. You know, more people getting together outside of the office. And I think today when you create a place in which people want to work and enjoy coming, Right. You know, we weren't closed very long, you know, during COVID. And, you know, we've been in office for the most part since 2020. And I think it's the best thing that could have happened. And I think our culture is much stronger for it. Don't you think? I mean, I think there's a couple of key indicators that at least we're on the right track. And I think are it's, you know, it's always evolving. I think we have a great culture for a couple of reasons. One, if you look at the makeup of our team, so many people have been introduced by a family member or a good friend that are coming in, that's an indication that we're doing something right, right? It's, it's, uh, when you have team members that are going out and recruiting on our behalf, uh, that says that they like it. Another thing is 
you know, we, we're clearly a growth focused company and the opportunity to grow here, I think is, is fantastic. And we've seen that with a bunch of individuals within our company that are taking on new challenges, doing things that they were, you know, never initially hired to do, but not only taking on those challenges, but excelling at them, right. Moving into a brand new department, managing a huge space, coming up onto the leadership team. I mean, there's, there's countless uh, examples this year alone of people having upward mobility in our, our company. And then when we talk about that with our team, as we do every quarter about, you know, what, where we're going and and uh, what our plans are, is just to see people respond to that and stepping up, I think is in, in an indication that we have a very strong culture, a good culture of a client-obsessed uh, experience, but also a place that cares about the people inside these walls as much or more. Right. And I think that's that's what we want them to feel like is we're investing in them continually. Right. Because we want them to have the biggest, brightest future that they can imagine as well. You know, one I think one of the frustrating pieces that it's both joy and frustrating is it's like you you have that entrepreneurial magic where you're running, 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 growing, 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 and then you hit that ceiling of complexity. Or I've also heard it described as like an S curve where you have like the S curve and it turns down, and then you got to create another S curve up. And another, you know, and then when that turns out, another S curve and an S curve is that you've never arrived, no matter no matter what you do. And so, like, I think part of the thing that I think you know we have to get better at, or I, I've, I think I've gotten better at, but we could even get a lot better at it, is just making sure we're celebrating all the wins. And so, I know we get we get together with our team at the end of the year. We get together during the year with people, with celebrating all the victories, uh, because you know then it's on to the next challenge. You know that I I just I I'll, at this point I always want to make sure that we we acknowledge that because I think sometimes early in my career I was so busy on to the next challenge I didn't get to I didn't celebrate as many of the victories as we do now and I want to celebrate them more because you know you know in, in the very beginning it was just me and now you know we're we'll have over thirty people by the end of the year and I think the uh, I th- I think for us it's it's not measured by the number of people but you know I think we have a responsibility. To you know that if that that if we take care of those people, and we love them and nurture them and take care of them in, in a very meaningful way, they're going to take care of our clients and our business. And um, I, I think we all realize that 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 I I, I think it's a um, I, I honor their commitment as I honor your commitment to what we do every day. Mark, what what do you think has driven you throughout the years, and has that changed over time? Right, I mean, you know. You've been doing this for so long at this point. Has what drove you early on in your career different than what's driven you now or what drives you now? I don't think so. I mean, I think it changes, but ultimately I think the idea is that I am overwhelmed with gratitude that there are people, very, very successful people, very, very wealthy people who trust us with their money, with their lives and making all the right decisions for their family, for their business, for whatever. And I'm not overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed with uh, gratefulness that they trust us with that. And I think the idea is that the reason this company was founded was not to make money. We, we thought it would make money and thank God it has. We created this company because this was our vehicle to make other people's lives better. So if you're waking up every day with that ability to make other people's lives better, it doesn't really seem like work to me or it's, I don't think I'm really driven I just enjoy the fix of of changing people's lives for the better. It's like it's just what we do. We we're always at our best. I I I know I know that's another thing we share in common. 
we're always at our best when we're serving others. And 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 it, it, you know what? What's interesting? Isn't it amazing when you take a look at the people that we do business with and are in business with? You talk about the law of attraction. There's very few people in our lives that don't think the same way. You know that because they they wouldn't come to our firm. You know, if there are people that do not, you know, have that have that DNA inside them, we're not going to be the right firm for them. And you'll notice that I, I just see that again and again and again that that we're attracting the people of who we are. And 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 that's not only the people that work with us, but the people who do business with us, the people that send us business. And so to me, that makes a joyous life because I can find, when I find people that don't have our core values or don't have what we believe in, I find myself not wanting to work with them as much. Meaning I, I find myself that 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 occasionally they don't, they don't select us, but more often than not, I don't select them because I don't want to work with somebody that I, I don't think has 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 our values. And and by the way, I don't mean that in a sanctimonious way, like our values are better than other people's values. They're just our values, you know, that that, that are there. I, I don't, I'm not making judgment on anybody's values. But um, you know, I just want to work with people I enjoy working with. I want to work with good people. I want to work with people that make want to make a difference in in the world to other people. I, I you know, one of one of my pet peeves is that people that have they go, I've got enough. You know, most people are like, I've got enough. I find them to be selfish people or maybe people that are not fun to work with because they have just enough for themselves. They don't have enough for other people. When you have people that want to play, have abundance, they not only make their lives great for everyone around them, they change the, and touch the lives of everybody in such a positive way. That's who you guys are. That's who I am. That's who we want to be around, not with people that just have enough. And I think, and I think you guys would probably agree to this, is that you know, we've seen the flywheel go faster and faster as we focused on the people in our office and the people in our office has gotten us around, you know, bigger and better clients, those who who see our values and who want to grow and, and go along that journey with us. And over the years, as we've put more time and focus into our core values and the people that are around us, both on client side and, and who work in our office, as we focused on that, everything has come into more fruition, right? We're more clients and the more of the spaces we want to be and more of the people who think the way we do and the whole thing's spinning faster and faster. And I think so many people, so many entrepreneurs and business owners, as we said earlier, come from a place of scarcity and, and worry about that. They don't allow themselves to focus on it, which doesn't allow the flywheel to spin. And then they just always wonder why they didn't get there. They see all these other people doing it and they're like, oh, why wasn't I there? And so, you know, you got to take that jump of faith um, and invest in yourself and the people around you. What's a, it's certainly a belief system, right? To also want to, I don't know, I, I really enjoy working with people, Mark, you said it, that just are looking to grow, have aspirations to grow in some capacity, right? And not necessarily, I want to grow my bank account. That's great. But typically, I think we would all say that the bank account grows as a consequence of doing a lot of these things, providing value significantly for other people. And if we do that right, and we find the efficiencies, the bank account will grow. But just just growth in, in their life, in their business, right? And what they're trying to do is what I'm really attracted to. And that's where I think there is some, you know, there's motivation, as Adam mentioned, I think the motivation is, is making a difference in other people's lives. And then there's some discipline to our job too, because, you know, sometimes not everybody's going to show up to that same level. Sometimes it's, you know, you're tired, I'm tired, we got to we got to get up and make it work. And so the discipline around it is is making sure that we show up the same every single day, regardless of what's going on in our life, because our clients deserve that. And and then when I get into the meeting with them, 
it's like I, ha- I find the energy, right? It all comes back to me. I can be dead tired all day, get in a great meeting with a client who's, we're talking about building businesses and, and what's going on in their life. And all of a sudden I've got all of the energy in the world because that's what fuels me. And I don't think that'll ever go away, right? That's not a work to 65 and lose it. I think Adam, you said, you said it again, maybe, you know, 20 minutes ago. I think it's like, you got to trust the process. Like part of it is you've got to have some faith that the process works. And, you know, I, I think a couple of other things that I would also, I think that I, that I think have been core values for us. One is you want to hire the very best people and then get out of their way. The part of it is that I, I realized early on that I was a terrible manager. And so what I focused my energy on was trying to become a great leader. That, would, that was my, I'm not saying I'm a great leader. That's my aspiration to be a great leader because good leaders create followers and great leaders create other great leaders. So my aspiration is to be a great leader. And you start to think and you go, hey, you manage tasks, you lead people. You notice we get together with our, with our leadership team every Tuesday morning. We don't get together with our management team. We get together with our leadership team because we're leading people. And I think when you hire the best people and you get out of the way and you give them the resources for them to be successful and you're not micromanaging them or second guessing them and, and giving them your confidence and, and the, their trust to succeed, it becomes a great place to work. I think people want to work here. You know, do I think people make a lot of money here? Um, and do I think they make more than they could make virtually anywhere else? I'd like to think they do. I think they do. But if people will come for money, they will leave for money. So you've got to give them a purpose. And I think that's one of the things that I think we've done pretty well. You know, you know one of the things I, one other thing when you when you when you when you hear these things, I hear us talk. One of the things you also want to be is one of our core values is you want to be confident, humble but confident. And part of it is like you 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 like like you don't want people to be thinking, oh yeah, we've got it all figured out. We're geniuses. It's like no, this is just a journey and a process, and we're just sharing our you know what we've discovered in our journey. But it's like you never arrive and you never, you know, like the, one of the things my mother always taught me is like when when you think you're all that, the world has a way of telling you you're not that and they cut your cut your legs out from under you. And that's why I think, you know, we try as an organization and as people to be both humble and confident at the same time, confident that we can do the job and we can make people's lives better, but humble in the fact that, you know, you know, I think when you start believing your own bullshit, that's that's when you get in trouble. No, no doubt. What, no what is the, what's the best advice you think you give clients or what do you think the question you get asked or what's something that people would, you know, would, would is like, you know, that you want, you want to share? You know, we, we deal in so much of our clients' lives, right? And I know that this question could go to the best advice is, you know, we, we told them to put their money in this place and a couple of years ago, but, but it's not that. I think one of the biggest things that I think turns around is, Mark, you've already alluded to it, is helping our clients understand the ascension from do-it-yourself business owner to CEO to entrepreneur, right? And th- those are three different designations, right? And that's something that I think we've been talking about recently is like entrepreneurs hire CEOs. But first, you, you sort of have to... It's hard to go from here to here because you gotta you gotta detach yourself from the doing in the business, right? So, when you talk about a mature business, I classify a mature business as a business that runs with multiple operators. Meaning, if the person that started the business is not there on a day to day basis, the business is still running, right? Mark Murphy went to Europe for a month. We've got people here. The, the doors are open, the lights are on, and we're we're serving clients, right? We're we're going to be there, and so that that becomes a mature business. And then it's that elevation to the next step, which is being that visionary, 
being that entrepreneur and trusting that you have a team of amazing doers that the world is not on your shoulders, right? And I think in our world, conveying that to clients and helping them see that and then how to execute to to go do that has been a great game changer for a lot of our smaller, closely held business owners, right? Who have a really hard time figuring out how they're going to untether themselves to the business, how they can get that time back in their lives while still having a very successful business. That's for recently at least been where I think has been the most impactful. I think so many of our clients are afraid to take a chance. I think the most successful ones are the ones that allow things to play out, right? The ones that understand that this is a long time journey and the short, the things that happen in the short run have little effect in the long run. And as long as you can make those effects smaller and smaller over time, the easier it is to grow a business, step out of, you know, being part of that business and continuing to grow you know, as a as a person and as a investor over time. And I don't think it matters if it's a business that they're running, their first business or 10th business, their investment accounts. I think those who are most successful see the long game and understand that this doesn't just happen tomorrow. And, you know, put the pieces in place and are willing to take the advice from those who understand and been around those who've been successful over time and take that advice. And understand that this is going to take a while. Well, I got to tell you, I am uh, I am proud to call you my partners. I'm uh, I'm excited to see what we're going to do over the next uh, you know five to ten years together, because uh, I'm I'm hoping it's going to be epic, and uh, I expect it to be epic. And uh, I just want to thank both of you for everything you do every day for me and for our business, and. Um, Thanks for coming up. Absolutely. Thank you, Mark. Thanks, we Mark. appreciate it. Bye-bye. We'll talk to you. Bye. I hope you enjoyed the episode today on the Hero of the Hour podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on whichever platform you are listening to this on. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share the podcast episode with them. You can catch the show notes for this episode and more at www.markbmurphy.com forward slash podcast. Be sure to check out the other great books and resources on the website while you're there. Once again, it's www.markbmurphy.com forward slash podcast. All links can be found in the description below. We look forward to serving you on the next episode. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by PAS or Guardian, and opinions stated are their own. Registered Representative and Financial Advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS. OSJ, 200 Broad Hollow Road, Suite 405, Melville, New York, 11747, 631-589-5400. Securities products and advisory services offered through PAS, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Northeast Private Client Group is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. California Insurance License Number 0B36048. Arkansas Insurance License Number 741545. Expiration and submission numbers located in the show notes.